0: The best analyst out there right now, bar none, why? Because he's led men in combat, because he's been on the National Security Council, and because he knows uh, Colonel Jeff McCoslin. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing okay, but I got to say that uh, that uh, child singing almost brings tears to my eyes. Yeah, the, the voices of children, they're like this, uh, it's like a tattoo, right? It's like a brand. Someone taking a branding right. iron on our soul, is it not, sir?
1: Absolutely. I mean,
0: you know, in Lviv a few days ago, they put out
1: 109 baby buggies in a square, kind of for the shot you were talking about more for TV. And each one of those baby buggies, one of those prams, was to symbolize a small child that had been killed so far in the fighting in the Ukraine. And these things are heart-wrenching. But, you know, you can go on the other end of the spectrum. A day or so ago, a guy was killed in Kiev when his apartment was hit by a Russian bomb. He was 96 years old. <clears throat> He had survived uh, the Buchenwald and the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. He'd survived the Nazis, only to be killed by a Russian bomb.
0: Colonel, Colonel, I can't help but see the parallels. And I wanted to put this into perspective for Americans. And I threw that number out, 117 versus 300,000, because I think about Syria and Aleppo yeah. in particular. Yeah. For Americans who think this you, this tactic of Russia is unique— they forget what Aleppo looked like. Four years of a civil war, 51,000 dead just in Aleppo and 300,000 children. Russia is used to this, are they not, sir? Well, not sure they used to, but they certainly employ this tactic.
1: It's part of the military doctrine. <clears throat> they did so, by the way, in Grozny as well, in Chechnya back in the 1990s, when they basically leveled that city of roughly three or 400,000 people, and, and many women and children were killed in the process. The Russian military doctrine calls for this type of concentrated artillery and rocket fire uh, directed against cities uh, and directed against the civilian population, the, the argument being that you're going to break the willpower of the people and, therefore, uh, get the nation to surrender. And what the Russians are doing right now, I think, in Mariupol, <clears throat> is almost a textbook example of what they've said in their military doctrine. And they're serving serving notice, I think, I, say, I sadly fear, to the Ukrainians that we will continue to turn your cities around the country into rubble systematically if, in fact, you do not give up.
0: Well, Colonel, it, honestly, it's the script from Aleppo, is it not, sir? Is it right. not? Four yeah. years. Yeah, four years that took.
1: Yep, absolutely. And they did it in Idlib and they did it in Grozny, as I said. And so this is this is nothing new, uh, but something that the Russians have taken from pre- previous military campaigns in the last 20 or 30 years they've conducted.
0: However, comma. There's a different involvement and engagement here from world powers and American power, is there not, sir? This is different, is it not?
1: It is, and it is different because, of course, it also gets much more national prominence. I mean, we see uh, similar wars going on around the world and and people suffering, women, children, elderly. You could go to Yemen and look at the systematic bombing by the Saudis. You see the same thing. When I worked on the NSC staff, of course, we dealt with Kosovo and, and similar human tragedy in Kosovo. Part of that was Rwanda. But you know, we have to be honest, those things that are closer to us, those things that involve the European continent, those things that involve particularly NATO countries or threaten NATO countries, gets a lot more attention here in the United States than, than, than events that occur in places in the Middle East, like Syria or places in Yemen or in Africa, et cetera.
0: Colonel, I've got to ask you something on the military level. There's an amazing story in the Wall Street Journal today that the Soviet-era equipment, decades old, there was obtained yep. by America decades ago, has now been turned over—this is actually amazing—to Ukraine to use against the Russians. Is that accurate, sir?
1: By all my sources, that appears to be accurate, and we're talking about more uh, shoulder-fired air-to-10 system. sa sixes, is SA-7, uh, sort of a pre- predecessor to the current stinger, like our old system we used to have on shoulder-fired system called Red Eye. Uh, These are to be employed by an individual soldier against a low-flying aircraft. Uh, Weapons like these obviously were used with deadly effect, particularly by the Mujahideen, against Soviet uh, air forces and particularly
0: helicopters
1: uh, in Afghanistan uh, throughout that conflict back in the 1970s
0: and 80s. Absolutely amazing. It's absolutely astounding what's happened. Is this a four-year war like they saw in Aleppo, sir? Could be, unfortunately. I hate to say that, but
1: this could be. I think we have sort of a mental assumption this is going to be over in a couple of weeks. I don't I'm not sure that's the case. We're now we seem to be settling into a very slow, grinding conflict. The Russians on the ground have made little to no progress in their offensive in the last couple of days. Obviously, are very close to threatening to capture Mariupol uh, in the south. And don't forget, Marty, we, wa- <clears throat> we watch sieges like this go on <clears throat> in the, the Balkans back in the 1990s. Uh, Sarajevo was bombed for months and months before it was finally relieved during the wars in the Balkans.
0: Colonel, you're the best. I appreciate your time and your insights, sir. You're always spot on. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Marty.